Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, today we are talking about uh, pride versus humility and which is more, you know, which which is more powerful. It's amazing uh, that we live with a lot of pride and some of us carry some humility and that's a very important thing. But let's examine, let's take a deep dive. We'll just go right into it. You know, what is pride? You know, and, and does it deserve us or, or does it trap us? You know, how does it differ from the word dignity? You know, pride derives from the French word Prud, P-R-U-D, which is a, a, a late old English English word, variously translated as excellent or splendid or arrogant or haughty. And it's thought that having a high opinion of yourself might reflect the Anglo-Saxon's opinion of the Norman Knights who called themselves proud. And, you know, let's just go into Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary. It offers a whole lot of definitions for pride. You know, a good one is a feeling that you respect yourself and deserve to be respected by others. And, and this seems to be a really healthy aspect of pride. And, you know, it's pretty important to understand. If you think about, you know, your self-esteem or feeling confident in what you know, there's a difference between that and putting a, up a false front of pride. You know, uh, there's also a feeling that you're more important or, or better than other people. And once again, this comes from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Uh, and uh, and we have uh, too much self-esteem. And it appears to be common but not so healthy conceit or reflected in statements like they have too much pride to ask for help or their pride prevented them from admitting that they were wrong. You know, a lot of people have trouble with that. And I got to tell you, sometimes I've had trouble with that. Uh, since pride is, is conflicting definitions, you know, it may be wise to, to kind of go a little deeper and figure out what is the difference between pride and dignity. You know, we might believe that healthy self-worth means taking pride in our achievements. But, you know, if, if value is tied to your accomplishments or your self-esteem, it's built on a really fragile foundation. And so there's nothing wrong with feeling satisfaction when we achieve a goal of some kind, or, you know, like getting a promotion, buying a car, you know, graduating college. But if we allow these things to define who we are, we set ourselves up for misery. And, and if you even study Buddhist psychology, suffering is generated when we cling too tightly to things that we will inevitably pass. You know, a, a more genuine, stable self-worth is based on validating affirming, understanding everybody's got different perceptions of the truth, but we value ourselves as we are. So our self-worth is a function, basically, of living with dignity, which exists apart from all other accomplishments. So achievements are uh, can become a trap. If too much of our attention goes towards what we've accomplished and, and, and makes us feel good, then we become addicted to the, the sources of gratification and the validation that we get from that. So we're always trying to achieve things, but our purpose is for our ego. 
And so then if you look at dignity, that can live inside us regardless of our successes and failures. We don't have to prove anything to anybody, even to ourselves. And, you know, and if, if something fails, this doesn't mean we're a failure. If an attempt to communicate our feelings to someone falls flat, we might feel sad, but we can feel good knowing we did our best. So, you know, we can experience the dignity of having reached out to connect or repair an injury in a relationship. And that means that we're examining our intentions and, and we're knowing that whatever we did was not intended to hurt and so, you know, we can experience dignity uh, of living with integrity regardless of outcomes because we live in a flawed human life and most every outcome we get is going to be gray. But, you know, the bad thing is, and I'm not going to go to black and white thinking here, but pride is primarily shame driven. And so perhaps, you know, there's a good reason why pride has been considered one of the seven deadly sins. Um, we've all been repelled by people who have an inflated view of themselves. I mean, how many of you really truly love a narcissist? You know, they may talk about themselves excessively, rarely show interest in other people. They pump themselves up, they come across as as arrogant, excluding, uh, which is an attitude that makes others feel like they're judged. And that overconfidence and arrogance pushes us away. But instead of relating to us as equal, uh, the narcissistic type of people, they display an obnoxious superiority that makes us feel smaller than them. And they have, you know, a knack for making us feel the shame that they refuse to face within themselves. So pride is often driven by our poor self-worth and shame underneath it. So that means that pride is on the surface, but underneath it, it's this, this self-worth and shame. And we still feel so badly about ourselves that we, we compensate by feeling superior and, and look for others' flaws as a way to make ourselves feel better and, and move the cheese to someone else. And so we relish, uh, you know, as narcissists, uh, they, they, they love to criticize others as a defense against recognizing their own shortcomings. So they gaslight people and make them feel like they're crazy instead of that person. But, you know, in all, pride prevents us from acknowledging our vulnerabilities. And, and that's shame-driven. And it's, it's very, you know, uncomfortable for some people to say, you know, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I made a mistake. You know, when pride rules, and, and, and not say a but, by the way, you know, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. No buts. <laughs> so, you know, in pride rules, we believe we're always right. So this makes it difficult to sustain intimate relationships, and nobody likes being with a know-it-all. You know, so, so if dignity outshines the pride, uh, we realize we don't have to be perfect, and we can show our vulnerability, we can show our humility, and we can invite people towards us. And so we become approachable rather than intimidating. That means we're confident in what we know, but we're not afraid to ask. And we're not afraid to be wrong. And that's dignity. And it's, it's freeing, you know, to hold ourselves with dignity. And it comes from simple, you know, being human and accepting our human condition. We don't need to achieve greatness to have worth and value. We're, we're great just as we are. But, you know, we might be inclined to pursue excellence because it feels meaningful or, in, in, you know, in, in, in living or expansive and reaches out to other people. Maybe it's your passion. Maybe it's your calling. And maybe it's the way you represent Jesus in your life, what, whatever that may be. But uh, when pride steps in over dignity, 
it disconnects us. Dignity connects us. And so if we affirm our dignity and allow others their dignity, meaning respecting of other people's values, then uh, we become more available to honor ourselves and connect with others as equals. And, and it's a burden, you know, uh, pride that we don't need. So living with dignity allows us to move more freely through life. Now, what is this word humility? It, and it's, it's widely underrated in most Western cultures. You know, it, it's, it's here in America where we pride ourselves on, on, uh, on individuation and uh, becoming a rugged individual, as Ayn Rand would say, you know, it, it's, it's underrated in some regards because, you know, the media culture, and this is probably more all over the world than just here in the United States, the themes of conflict, combat, conquest, you know, good and evil, popular films with, you know, cops and robbers, military fighting terrorists, you know, the, the, <laughs> all the Marvel movies out there. You know, the, stopping the evildoers. You know, we say we love peacemakers, but our heroes are warriors. And and I can't remember who said this, but history is war divided by utter boredom. <laughs> so, you know, as a society, we like our 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 celebrities to be you know cheeky, self important, you know, kind of narcissistic. You know, it, it's it's really a little. <laughs> strange that humble people seem a bit strange to us as if they're following some, uh, you know, life rhythm that few people around them really understand. So, you know, humility can be misunderstood, but what is it? It, You know, it's, it's a very subtle concept and, uh, you know, it's, it it is basically what you have when you give up certain um, self aggrandizing thought patterns or reflexes or behaviors you know, the the value judgment that humility is a kind of liberation. It's a paradoxical state of freedom from the, you know, norms of the nar- narcissistic me first thinking. So, you know, people that have uh, spiritual traditions such as, uh, ca- uh, you know, Catholics, uh, Christians, Buddhists, you know, whatever, a Hindu, they'd say that uh, attaining such a state is a necessary part of the journey towards enlightenment. So, it, from a psychological perspective... It's a um, basically a, a, a psychosocial orientation as a, a sense of emotional autonomy, a freedom from control of the competitive reflexes that we have to push ourselves in front of other people, you know, and, and it's a, it's. What humility isn't, it's, it's not letting others push you around. It's not being a doormat. Or, or letting people walk all over you. It's not constantly sacrificing your interests to those of others. It's not avoiding conflict and confrontation. It's not about hiding your feelings or suppressing your views to, to uh, alienate other people. It's about emotional neutrality. That means that we accept every person's truth before we offer our own views. And that means that your wife, your children, the people you love, the people you work with, who may have enormously diverse uh, opinions about what the truth is, and, and you know, maybe they're conspiracy theorists, maybe they're whatever, but your job as a humble 
hum, uh, with humility person is to basically step back and validate their point of view. So you have this per- perception about the truth. I get that. I understand. That doesn't mean you agree with it. So it, it really is just involving an experience of growth in which you are learning from other people and taking what you need to move through life and, and make that a part of who you are. That means you're always walking around with your with, with your ability to read people, with you know your ability to understand and your ability to connect. That means you're a good listener. And that is the most powerful person in a conversation is the listener. You know, you're just as valuable as every other human being on the planet. No, no more, no less. That's that's the mindset. And it's about behaving and reacting from purposes and not emotions. So you learn to simply disconnect or deprogram the competitive reflexes in situations where it's not productive. You know, Fritz Perls, he was a great he, he, he developed a uh, just gestalt therapy. And uh, he used to say, you know, I am I, you are you, I am not in this world to live up to your expectations, and you're not in this world to live up to mine. So it's a liberating, you know, idea that he had there. So how do you feel, uh, you know, free yourself from that competitive reflex? And that requires first that you recognize the reflex when it rises up, and second, that you choose more versatile response. Usually, that has a lot to do with honoring the truth and staying within the truth. You know, um, so let's look at some examples of what a competitive reflex is. You know, like your friend has just um, maybe remodeled their house. I know that we just did that. And it's it, and they're pleased and they're proud of the results. And they invite you to have a look. And the premise of the situation, whether you recognize it or not, is for that person to show off their house for you to appreciate it and praise them for it and uh, for them to feel good about it. So what do you do? You know, uh, well, do you feel an impulse to tell them that you could have done it better? Do you explain things that signaling that you know more about this than they do? Do you straighten a picture that's, you know, messed up? Do you do you uh, talk about how you did it better in your home? Does it, you know, does it turn into a bragging contest? That's what the, the competitive reflex would do. So the person that is humble or humility, working with humility, is just validating. Yeah, you know, looks good. Oh, I like this. Picking out the good, not picking out the bad and what you did better. That is gross. And there's a, but it's unfortunate. It's a normal human uh, instinct. But to learn humility you're getting in the tune with what life is, and which which is not pushing against life, pushing against people. It's actually being magnetic. You know, um, you know. Do you offer unsolicited advice? I, I, you know what? Actually, later on, I'm going to go into some questions to help you understand whether you're prideful or uh, use humility. You know, it's it's humility is really less a matter of self-restraint and more a matter of self-esteem. So the greater your sense of self-worth, the easier it is to appreciate others, to praise them, and to encourage them. That is called grateful. That is that is the most wonderful quality a human being can carry is to recognize the good in life because we hear so little of it. You know, does it mean that it's wrong to try to win it, you know, at a card game or improve your tennis game or compete to get ahead of your workplace? No. 
you know, not really. There's parts of uh, a separate dimension of us that we need to do some of that stuff in order to survive or to get healthy. And so your talents and abilities will speak for themselves. You know, what we're really dealing with here is a matter of social intelligence, which involves inviting people to move towards you instead of away from you. And so if you have a really good sense of humility, you know, your behavior and your behavior towards other people, you feel affirmed, you feel appreciated, you feel encouraged, you feel validated, you you feel, uh, you know, psychologically nourished. You know, most of us are powerfully drawn to people who treat us the way uh, that we like to be treated, like a bee does to a flower, let's say. There's another uh, psychologist, William James, and he said the deepest craving and I believe this, the deepest craving in all human beings is the desire to be appreciated. You know, humility is less a matter of self-restraint and more a matter of self-esteem. So, you know, the, when I said that, that quote, you know, let it sink in because thinking less of yourself, what exactly does that mean? Well, uh, the subject of humility is really vast. And so, Here's some characteristics of a person who's humble. They're silent. Silence is power. Silent means you're a good listener, hopefully. And uh, you're not a bragger or a boaster. Um, also, you're in control. Um, you know, I'm not talking about ego control where you're asserting your power over other people. But, you know, uh, you're, you're at peace at where you're at. And you're actually where you're at in life. You're in that moment. You're not in the future and you're not in the past. Also, humble people are really good leaders um, because they are attractive to people. People trust them easier. They're not trying to step over people or hurt people. They're more about educating and listening and helping. And I've always said when I've managed people is that I work for you. You don't work for me. My job is to help you and make your job easier and make sure that everything is taken care of. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about other qualities of humility, and then we're going to take a pride test and a humility test, and then we're going to talk about how pride might be good. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. 
All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about pride versus humility. You know, um, a humble person or a person that practices humility, they serve people willingly. And we're talking about some qualities that these folks have. And, um, you know, if you want to be appreciated in life as a person, if you want to be a significant person in other people's lives, you really need to be legitimate. And that means when you're helping people, even if you're being paid for it, that you serve willingly and, and, and you do it with passion and you do it to the best possible degree, whether it's brushing your teeth, whether it's helping someone comb their hair, whether it's trivial stuff or if it's really serious, like being there for someone in a grieving process or, or making friends and, and uh, being there for somebody when they really need you. Those acts of kindness will never, ever be forgotten about you. And, and sometimes they're going to be, if, if, you know, God forbid, the great thing, they become your legacy in life. You know, um, some, you know you also, uh, people that practice humility can be corrected. They're not defensive. And so that means that they're not holding on to the only truth that's out there. They're not saying that everything I say is correct. If they mess up, uh, that they and and uh, they don't want to take the correction of someone that goes against humility. You know, people that are hum- uh, practice humility are wanting to learn and know that they're not the expert at everything, and they're curious. And if they make a mistake, they want you to teach them at least your perspective, and they want to learn from others from every single person, we have something to learn, Um, whether it's a change in our behavior, whether it's a new point of view, life is about that. Also, you know, people that are, uh, that practice humility are gentle. And there's, there's a great strength uh, demonstrated within the act of gentleness. 
And so uh, a humble person has a very gentle heart. That means they operate out of compassion for other people. And so um, it's really important for us to take in this these very important qualities and integrate them into our life. And it's really uh, changing your personal philosophy. It's changing your personal operating system to be more gentle. If you're going to be gentle, guess what? You don't live with a lot of stress in your life. You know, that means we roll with the punches, that we allow things to be not quite as what we wanted them to be, but we take what we have and we work with what we have, not what we don't have. And also having a good vision for what you want outcomes to be, you know, and, and people that are uh, that practice humility, they really want greatness, but they want to bring the greatness out in other people. And so they're content and they realize that we all live in a very flawed state, you know. Um, and so, you know, a humble person is content in a lot of things, but they may never be content with themselves and their character. And they want to pursue greatness in order to better people, to strengthen people, to, to offer intelligence and more humility for other people to integrate into their own lives. And, and so they also see themselves as, if they believe in God, they, they see themselves as small before God and the universe. So no man can truly achieve humility without living a life following God. You know, our walks with God are the ultimate defining point of our personal humility. And, and if you look from a Christian perspective, and I'm not going to get on a, on a soapbox here, but God calls us to recognize the greatness when realizing just how small we really are outside of him and know that he loves us and cares for us and protects us and he is over our journey. And, and, and you know, we live in a constant battle of pride versus humility, which is just a war against two halves of the same person. It's you versus you and you're the only opponent against your inner greatness and against your humility. So you have to find it because it's in there. It's inside of you. And so a man, you know, might consider their ego or a person might consider their ego as a great part of themselves. But the true greatness of a person is, is found in the humility, their silence, their control over the life, their leadership, their servanthood, you know, their, their learn, learning spirit, their gentle strength, their desire for greatness and understanding our place in life before God. You, you know, if you see that, see that it, it means thinking less of yourself. And that really is key. And when humility, that means we put it all before us, all before us, and we offer to them. So our job about learning, about experiencing life is collecting wisdom in order to help other people. And that's really key. And that's where humility wins because we're constantly giving a, a gift that no one can purchase. No one in this life can purchase. So let's take a pride test. You know, pride, you know, do, do, you, do you really want attention all the time? Or are you pushy or are you emotional? Uh, do you interrupt or offer opinions that no one asks you for? Um, are, are you jealous of people you, who succeed or are you always criticizing people who succeed or try to find reasons to justify why they're more successful than you? You know, do, do you have to win even if it means cheating? You know, do you have a pattern of lying? Are you, are you often trying to shape perceptions of you by shading the truth? 
You know, do, do you have a hard time acknowledging when you're wrong? You know, do you have lots of uh, conflict with other people? Or do you cut in line in traffic, stores, and parking lots? Uh, do you get upset when people don't honor your achievements? Do, do you tend to be more attitude of entitlement or thankfulness? You know, uh, uh, do you honestly feel that you're basically a good person and better than most other people? The, these are qualities of a prideful person. And I'm not saying pride is bad. We're going to talk about pride could be good in just a moment. Now, here's a humility test. And, you know, the truth is we all have both of these. But humility test, we want to weigh heavier on this side. You know, do you ask for help when you need it? Um, do you give credit where it's due? You know, are, are you easy a forgiver or difficult to find, you know, to offend other people? Are you patient with the weaknesses of other people? You know, like driving in traffic, I pray ahead. I, I just pray ahead for everybody ahead of me. Instead of sit there and being angry that I'm stuck in traffic, I pray ahead and hope that, that other people's lives are going to be touched in a good way. You know, do something constructive instead of be destructive. You know, are you a peacekeeper? This is another part of humility. Do you take extra time to make peace and keep your mouth closed when, you, when it's necessary? Or do you serve others regularly? And are you thankful? Do you have a, a, a tender conscience or are you quick to uh, be angry or do you admit your own weaknesses or, or you, do you, you know, do you receive correction well? You know, learning humility is learning what is right. Now, let's look at pride. You know, gratitude and compassion are, are universally seen as positive feelings. You know, making our, our minds value the future those two emotions, gratitude and compassion, make us more patient, more willing to persist in the face of challenges, and more resistant to those temptations that really um, uh, distract us from our own aims. You know, um, it may seem surprising to you or plain wrong, but if you think about people who are labored proud, it's likely that a good number are egoists or blowhards, but pride in the eyes of many, includes a bit of arrogance, and and as we all know, it's it's <laughs> it's not a good thing. It pride comes before the uh, fall is a proverb, but um, it can also be a virtue in some ways. I believe, you know, I'm not saying pride isn't problematic. Like I've said, I've just listed a gazillion problems, but you know, there can be a case uh, that 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 plays a role in fostering the dedication that compose, you know, people might feel proud of their abilities, but they may practice, study, or work hard simply because they find the task rewarding. You know, pride's just an afterthought. So what I'm saying is pride can be an emotion that can propel you to do something good in your life. If you want to get read, let's just say you're a person that wants to get uh, recognized, and so you become prideful in something that you've done. And if that's what's going to take to match up, to push you to succeed and do a good thing that's going to help other people, then use it. It's a good thing. Use it. You can take anger. You can take rage. You can take all kinds of different emotions, which are meant to be motivators, and match it up with something constructive in your life, which will propel you to do it even better than you normally would. And so it's never a bad thing to utilize our negative feelings to propel us to do positive things. 
you know, uh, there was a study in New South Wales, uh, there, there were, and I believe that's in Australia, uh, people who were feeling proud of their abilities significantly increased their efforts on a difficult uh, mental orientation. And so they, they upped the time devoted to building their skills by 40% compared with people who weren't proud. And so in that study, uh, you know, uh, self-efficacy didn't appear to play a role. So those who believed uh, they possessed the ability to succeed, those who received the positive score feedback without any social acclaim, didn't persevere any longer than those who didn't receive uh, 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 feedback at all, but the feeling pride has shown to increase our effort and success in people like salespeople. Uh, perhaps some of the best evidence for pride's uh, positive aspect comes from an experiment. Um, you know, uh, Wilhelm Hoffman did this in a study, and and participants were buzzed several times a day. Uh, and their smartphones and asked if they had recently experienced any temptations they tried to avoid like procrastinate, overeat, drink alcohol, take drugs. And uh, and once they brought it to their conscience, they weren't likely to do those things because they were asked about it and thought about it. You know, using pride wisely requires a really good grasp of when and why it can go wrong. So it's really called emotional intelligence and emotional management. And so we need to get, you know, if we're going to use pride, we need to have to be very careful with where we place it and why we place it. And, and uh, you know, pride, because humans possess the ability uh, to be their own audience, as a consequence, we're just as likely to, uh, you know, blow smoke up our own butts um, and, and believe in something without the validation of other people, uh, but just uh, disassociating into our own brains, which is a very strange thing we as humans do. So, you know, looking at pride, there's really authentic pride. And uh, then there's another term, a hubristic pride. And there's a difference. You know, they, they, they don't always end with motivation, but hubristic pride also tends to be associated with a fragile ego, with anxiety, aggressive tendencies as people strive to keep up the illusion of competence and control. But then there's authentic pride, and it's associated with increased social support, lower anxiety, greater desire to help others by sharing your expertise. You know, we can see a lot of patterns in our in our uh, neurobiology coming from one or the other of these two so for pride to work it has to be paired with humility and uh, humility to know that no matter our skill set each of us depends on what others uh, have to offer and we are in a social uh, intellectual exercise almost all the day, all the days of our lives uh, interacting with other people working with other people pairing up with other people and learning from other people you know, if we uh, use pride in our own lives, uh, keep a journal and we track our successes and our aspirations just as we feel compassion for ourselves. If and when we miss a goal, we should take pride when we successfully take steps towards a goal. And so it's, you know, if, if, uh, if, if we anticipate pride, if you journal and anticipate pride, we'll feel the, the reaching of the next step coming and we may find a different emotion to pair up to motivate us to get there. So what we're looking for is fuel. That's basically what we're looking for. So um, 
some other characteristics, and it's interesting to look at this, but uh, if we go back to humility, humble people receive uh, uh they can receive a bad rap. It's frequently associated with being passive, submissive, insecure. But, you know, humble people do have good boundaries. They're confident. They're competent. But they're not out there putting themselves as if, look at me, look at me, bumping their, you know, patting on their chest. They're just self-actualized. And uh, they're not living apologetically. And they're not living for anyone else uh, and any other purpose than to serve and to help other people. And so their goal is not about putting themselves in front of people. It's about propelling others to take action on their dreams and their hopes and their lives. And so, you know, people, if you want to just get an idea of what a humble person looks like, um, you know, try to look at how they are situationally aware. They're in the moment. It's called existentialism. They're, they're not in the future. They're not in the past. And so they have a situational awareness, which allows them to have what's called intuition, which is our sixth sense, where we're able to read people better, where we're able to understand the, the breadth and depth of the situation that we're in. And so, you know, they function in their emotional intelligence is, is to be aware of their self and the group and the actions of the environment around them. And the social dynamics and situationally aware of their focus outward as they try to absorb uh, more about the situation. I know this sounds crazy, but I've enjoyed myself sitting in an airport watching people because you see all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's 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 kind of interesting to just see the traits of people and how they interact and how they relate to each other. And it's actually entertaining. And I'm not saying that I'm the most humble person because I'm not. But if you tap into that quality, it allows you to see things with patience and and uh, almost uh, a sense of humor about how people are. They also uh, people with, that are uh, humble or practice humility. You know, they retain relationships because they're more likely to help people than other people, prideful people, and they maintain stronger personal professional relationships. You know, uh, companies with humble people and leadership positions are often engaged in the workforce and they have less employee turnover. That is a true, true, true statement. All right. When we're going to come back, we're going to talk more about these characteristics and make up a humble person. And, but then we're going to go a little bit deeper and to see what it looks like. So come back. <laughs> your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? 
Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about pride versus humility. And uh, right now, we're talking about characteristics of humility. And this is really interesting because people that are, are uh, practice humility, they can make decisions with ease because they, they put others' needs before their own. And when they're faced with difficult decisions, they respect the moral and ethical boundaries that govern the decision. And they basically, their decision-making criteria of a sense of shared purpose rather than self-interest. And um, by putting others first, they know their self-worth. And as a result, they don't feel the need to put themselves before others just to show how much they know. Instead, they realize that nobody cares how much they know until those people uh, know how much they're cared for. And so uh, Rick Pitino said that's the the coach, uh, I believe, from University of Kentucky. You know, um, humility, and this is his words, humility is the true key to success. Successful people lose their way at times. They often embrace overindulge from being successful, but humility halts this arrogance and self-indulgent trap. And so humble people share the credit and wealth, remain focused and hungry to continue their journey of success. And that's a wonderful uh, way to put that. Humble people listen. You know, that is the most powerful tool you can possibly have in your life. It's to be a good listener. There's nothing more annoying than being in a conversation with somebody that you can tell is just dying to get their words in. And when you see their their gears spinning, it's a sign they're not listening, but rather waiting to speak. That's because they believe what they have to say is more valuable than listening to you. So in other words, they're placing their interest first. Humble people actively listen to others before summarizing the conversation, which is called validation. I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this. You know, moreover, humble people don't try to dominate or talk over people. They're eager to understand others because they're curious, you know, and there it is. Curious, humble people seek knowledge because they're, they're 
learners and they realize they don't have all these answers. So they glean knowledge from experiences of other people and they crave more opportunities to learn. They also speak their minds, by the way. While they're actively listening, it's important, humble people aren't afraid to speak their minds because uh, of being wrong or being afraid, but they know that, you know, to bridge a gap between unwillingness and willingness, there must be some action to assist. And so, they put forward the courage to face difficulty as they graciously accept sacrificing themselves by offering wisdom that other people may or may not have. They also are very thankful, you know. No matter where you are or where you're engaged, if you're in a heated conversation or, you know, humble people take the time to express thanks to the service uh, of anything they can possibly do. That's including opening a door. I mean, it's just simple stuff like that. They also have an abundance mentality, and, and I would call that a Christian value, but they don't believe that one person's win necessarily means another person's loss. Instead, they know there's plenty of opportunity to go around, and finding it uh, just means that we collaborate and communicate. So, there's no black and white win or lose. They're searching for greater abundance. You know, they also start sentences oftentimes with you or I rather than I. Um, so, they put others at the forefront of their thoughts. Humble people brag about others, while prideful people brag about themselves. Humble people accept feedback, and that's because they're learners, once again. And also, they assume, and this is one quality that differentiates a child from an adult, and I can tell you there are many people who call themselves adult in this life that do not practice this one thing, and that is to assume responsibility. Rather than blaming the system, blaming others, searching for a way to blame, humble people assume responsibility by speaking up and owning what they did to create something that may have been uncomfortable or bad for other people. The humble people even ask for help, realizing that you don't have all these answers. No one does. Humble people are consultative. So they acknowledge what they do and they don't know, and they list help of other people. And it displays a willingness to learn, become better, and actually to enrich our life from instead of inventing the wheel we are reinventing the wheel we're learning from people that have experienced things that we haven't and so if you look at success you know as virtues go humility is 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 pretty unpopular you know but um, you know part of the reason it's it's been overlooked is is as valuable and honorable it's hard to measure how humble a person is, but humility also has a, a public relations challenge out there, and, and it's not exciting. We might appreciate the trait, but we don't feel threatened by unassuming people, you know, but ourselves. <laughs> we'd, we'd rather be confident and bold, but humility uh, could affect just as powerful or positive a change in your life as other uh ways of being. There's higher levels of humility that have been associated with a higher sense of purpose, better uh, self-reported health, increased harmony, uh, longer lasting relationships and marriages, greater generosity, and all of that contributes to strong communities. But if you don't want to cultivate humility for the sake of others, do it uh, for your love life. 
You know, if you can do it that way, that's a place to practice. And the love life could be the love you have for your family, for your spouse. And and start there. And that's a great place to be humble, is to do that within a relationship and not put yourself in a forward thinking, I'm first and then everybody else is behind me. That's just not a good way to live. You know, um, looking at the defining ways of, of, of humility how it can be involved with our personal success. It involves an outlook that is other-oriented rather than self-focused. On a personal level, though, humility involves an accurate view of yourself. Ask several close friends to be really honest about the three things they appreciate about you and uh, three areas where you might need some growth. And it's okay to be proud of your strengths, but, you know, as long as you acknowledge and work on your your weaknesses, and that's what humble people do. They admit to themselves and the world that they are deeply flawed, just like everyone else. If you want to be successful with humility, the big thing is you really, really need to confront your own prejudices and your micro-prejudices. And what is a micro-prejudice? Well, micro-prejudice could be a subtle prejudice that you may have in a conversation with someone or something or about someone or something uh, where we we kind of have kind of an underneath the sentence or underneath the statement we have a sense of a, a, a warped perspective on other people you know um, there was a, 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 a an exercise a guy dr. hook and he encourages students to identify an area of diversity or culture they struggle with or admittedly know little about. And one of his students uh, felt uncomfortable with elderly people and held strong opinions about what it meant to be older. And so uh, then she invited a nursing home uh, uh, person, uh, interviewed the residents there about their past and their lives. And the intention could, could be to just listen and learn. Uh, not to argue or prove a point or confirm your suspicions. So if you um, if you have, let's say, a negative view about a particular religion, you know, attend a service or or uh, or look for similarities rather than differences. And that's the perspective that that study that Hook came from, Hook brought out of that. Humility is all about having an open mind. And so you know, it's a pretty amazing thing. I have to tell you, just just a, a, a while back, I had this poor client who uh, he's older, very old, and I, I don't know why, but he chose to come to office where I have stairs and no elevator, and he literally drug himself on hands and knees up the stairs one at a time with his son helping, and then I heard what was going on. I ran out there and tried to help too, but I didn't help that much, but... Uh, bottom line I was like oh this poor crippled man and uh, you know I saw him in all his pain and then once he got up the stairs it was like a big smile on his face and then we had the greatest conversation separate from that event back there and what that was is uh, I could have viewed him as this poor a uh, uh, miserable man, but he he was quite proud of himself. He was quite uh, proud that he got up those stairs. And what was so funny is he got down those stairs without any help too, and that's what he wanted to do. So I guess that was his exercise for the day. But what I, what I could view him through the disability, or I could view, or you know, his his fragileness, or I could view him through the person that I met, and and that was really cool. 
Also, uh, you know, people that practice humility, they really listen. You know, they ask a lot of questions, open questions. What? How? When? Sometimes a why, you know? But using those kind of words in their sentences, asking those open questions, you begin to to, uh, learn about other people. And life becomes a lot more interesting if you dial down your pride. You know, your thinking is not the only way of thinking. And if someone shares an opinion or experience, take a moment to digest what they say before you speak about what you already learned in your life experiences. The other thing is, you know, it's not... What we do in life, what how what things that happen to us, it's more about how we react to the things that happen in life. You know, humble people, people that are hum, uh, have humility, they accept setbacks and they let themselves be humble by the experience, and then they they don't. You know, everyone now and then we we get our butt handed to us, but humility allows us to accept challenges without the fear of failure. And when those failures inevitably become, we examine what did we learn from it, and we pick up, and we envision a better outcome, and we begin towards that. And (laughs) this is an amazing quality, awe, awe, to have awe in other people. Awe means to to basically express a, a, a beauty and a wonder about someone's behavior or a good thing that someone does, and recognize that you're not you know, the the center of the universe. So it's hard to maintain your self-centeredness when gazing up at the stars or into a newborn's eyes and, and have that awe of, wow, there is beauty here. There's real beauty. And then recognizing that. Also, um, recognizing your own faults. And uh, if we're big judgers, we really want to get in front of that if we can help that. And, and, and when we're, you know, grateful and not boastful for what we have, you, you know, you might score a top position or have a, won an award or a trophy, um, but you should be proud of, and that's nice, but it's hard work which resulted in that. And so you should be grateful that it's the choices that you made that are making you stand where you are today in your success. But you need not tell everyone else about your success. You know, you, you could have achieved your goal by yourself or with, but there's obviously other people that may have contributed, such as your parents, such as your friends who may have had helped you or your wife or your children who might have helped you uh, receive your success. And so, you know, let's stop the bragging. And that, that's the worst. When when people keep on rambling about their achievements, it, you know, this is oftentimes what people do when they're trying to impress somebody, uh, like on a date or whatever. They try to put themselves out there as something great. But the real goal is to be considerate and to not talk down to people and use humor on ourselves rather than other people and then appreciate other people and what they do. And that might be the easiest way to gain humility in your life. So if you see someone doing better than you or someone being good at something, give them a compliment for their work. Understand how they're different from you and try to learn something from everybody who you meet in life and you will be grateful. All right, that's our show. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me through our webpage on voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, from the show, remember, be humble with a hint of Kanye. Also, 
<laughs> this might be something you would tell somebody. You know, I can explain, but I can't understand it for you. <laughs> That's a different way of telling somebody they're stupid, I guess. <laughs> also, you know, you might want to say sarcastically, you know, staying positive. That's my theme. You know, I'm positive that will it will go horribly wrong. <laughs> also, uh, you might if, if you're apologizing to somebody, you might say, you know, I'm sorry for the mean, horrible, accurate things I said to you. All right. I, that's our show. That's all mean. But anyway, I'm just doing it out of sense of humor. That's our show. I, I love to hear from you. Come on back. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 